Welcome to our Clothe with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Monday, September 11th, 2023. It is the 22nd year anniversary of the attacks on the two towers in New York City, as well as the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and the the plane that uh, fell in western Pennsylvania. And uh, so we pray in a special way for our country and for our world that we might have peace, that we might continue to have the freedoms that we so often enjoy yet take for granted. Um, And today is also the 23rd Monday in Ordinary Time. Our reading today is from the Gospel according to St. Luke. On a certain Sabbath, Jesus went into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man there whose right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely to see if he would cure on the Sabbath, so they might discover a reason to accuse him. But he realized their intentions and said to the man with the withered hand, Come up and stand before us. And he rose and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath rather than to do evil, to save life rather than to destroy it? Looking around at them all, he then said to him, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was restored. But they became enraged and discussed together what they might do to Jesus. So, we have a right hand that has been withered. And then there is the issue of the Sabbath. And should Jesus cure on the Sabbath? I believe this particular reading, and really every reading of Scripture has so many levels to it, but one of the levels in which we could look at this reading is the symbolism. I'm not saying it didn't happen. It did happen. I truly believe this happened. We believe that the gospel writers tell the truth. Yet, God is the author of history, and God is the best author ever. He's brilliant, and so he writes things on multiple levels. And there is a symbolism, such as the right hand. The right hand is an extension of power. It is a a symbol of trust, a symbol of connection. A king will usually have his next of kin or his next in command sit at his right hand. In heaven, we talk about we talk about being in heaven. There's the father on the throne, and then Jesus is at the right hand of the father. In different literature that we've seen on the Blessed Mother, there is this um, thought, and it's I, I believe it to be true, that Mary sits at the right hand of Jesus. So we have this idea that this man, it's not just an idea, really happened, but this man, his right hand is withered. I'm thinking of America today. I'm thinking of our country and how God has given us the power that we possess. God has given us the riches that we possess. And so in a way, America in the world is the right hand of God. It has been in the past but we're losing that moral authority, you could say, more and more and more, the more we become immoral and the more we spread our immorality to the rest of the world. I noticed uh, there was, 
I don't know, I receive all these different posts and, you know, articles from all these different people all over the place. And there was something I was reading yesterday saying there's only seven countries in the world that allow abortion past 20 weeks. And we're one of them. We're leading the charge on that. Even with the overturn of Roe versus Wade, we're still leading the charge. Four of those countries are in the Far East. One is Canada, one is the Netherlands, and one is us. But everybody knows, yes, the United States leads. People around the world look to us to lead because we've been that moral authority in the past. The way we stepped in at the time of World War I and World War II, and really that mentality that went into those wars and our intervention in them has not changed. It started around the time of World War I, but it has not changed. The U.S. being the most powerful country and the U.S. being a country then that influences the rest of the world through its policies. And so we need Jesus to heal the right hand of the world, the country in the world that sits at his right hand. I don't know. It's one little thought there. But, you know, all of us are at the right hand of God. When it comes to the duties that we have to evangelize, the duty that we have to just be a, a strong presence in the world, a presence of grace, a presence of prayer, we are at the right hand of God. Jesus needs to cure the right hand of this man, and he does it on the Sabbath. There is this sentiment in the TV show, The Chosen. I know we've talked about that in the past. And is it a good show or a bad show? I mean, it is what it is. (laughs) You know, you can like it if you want to. You don't have to like it. It's not gospel, you know, from the church. Although it uses a lot of gospel passages. It's not official church teaching or anything like that. But there is this sentiment in the show because they keep asking Jesus. Well, they have once or twice in the show. Um why do you cure on the Sabbath? His apostles are asking him this. And he says, well, maybe the, I, I go where the father leads me. And I guess the father wants to stir things up. But there's also this sentiment that, and maybe I'm not getting this from the chosen. I don't know. But there is definitely a sentiment in reading these gospels that the Sabbath is the best day for the cures. Of course, in the old Jewish law, yes, there was a rule. You can't work on the Sabbath. Therefore, you can't cure on the Sabbath. Doctors aren't allowed to work on the Sabbath. When I think of doctors in ancient times, I think of Steve Martin on Saturday Night Live saying, hey, who's the barber here? Because they didn't exactly have people that studied medicine the way we do nowadays. And the guy hunched over says, oh, I know you. You worked on my back. (laughs) It's kind of funny because the guy's in bad shape. Anyway, Jesus is curing on a Sabbath. The Sabbath is the Lord's day. I've talked in the past about the difference between the number six and the number seven. Six very often refers to evil. Seven refers to God. It was on the sixth day God created the beasts and us together. On the seventh day, he rested and he called us into that rest. God's creation was the first thing to create the Sabbath. It's God's day. It's about relationship with him. It's about connection with him. And he calls us into that. So why not cure people on the Sabbath? And once again, I want to apply this to our country. Jesus makes it very clear, which is just, it's mind-blowing to the people of the time, but it makes so much sense. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, 
the Sabbath is so very, very holy. It's very, very important. And it's true. We must have God at the center and not us. But the Sabbath being a day that's all about God, does that somehow enhance God? No, it's impossible to enhance God. God doesn't need our worship, but we need to worship him. So the Sabbath creates this time and space where we get to be elevated, where we get to be better than we are. And as Jesus, I mean, really, Jesus being in the world, you might as well say every day is the Sabbath. He even kind of says that when he's talking about fasting and feasting. Well, while the bridegroom is with you, you do not fast. But lo, there will be days when my followers do fast because I will no longer be with them. So while he's here on earth, it's a constant feast. That makes sense, right? God, God is among us. So every day is like the Sabbath. But Jesus points out the importance of his miracles by doing them on the Sabbath. It does stir things up. And why did he come? He came to heal us. Not just to heal, heal us, physically heal us. Not just to heal this individual or that individual. That's so important because he loves each of us individually. But also he came to heal us in a bigger way. So the right hand, significant of power, he came to heal worldly powers. He came so that all worldly powers could be handed over to him. Now, we believe that's going to happen in the end by force. But, you know, in the book of Revelation, it talks about all power has been given to God who reigns on the throne. All power has been given to the lamb who was slain yet lives forever. And that means we hand over to him our nations, our countries, our governments, As long as we push him out, we do not enjoy his blessing. As long as we consecrate them all to him, then there is healing. Then there is peace. Then there is joy. Then there is direction. There is wisdom. And so this is what we're all about. And this is what we strive to commemorate on 9-11. We strive to put everything in God's hands right after the attack on the Twin Towers. Yeah, everybody was praying. Everybody was in church. We lost that very quickly, though. And, you know, some people feel even to talk about God, it's like taking advantage of the attacks that happened on that day. No, we're constantly taking advantage of the God that's given us everything. It's only when we're humbled that we finally get back on our knees and on our knees is where we belong. That's what we were made to be on our knees before the throne of God. So it's moments like this that remind us this is where our blessings come from. This is where the grace comes from. And so the United States needs to go back to living on the Sabbath, on the seventh day. That is in constant contact with God and constant connection with God. I'll make one final point. Great little book. Uh, I mean, there's a big book. These are both written by um, Caritas of Birmingham. They write books on Medjugorje, but they also write books about the United States. And one was called Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping. Great, great book about just how we've lost God and how God is at the root of the founding of America. God is there in everything. But also there's a pamphlet which sums up the book called American History You Never Learned. And one of the things that it does at the end of this pamphlet, I should probably be quoting it directly. I have it in here somewhere. Anyway, uh, I'm just doing it from memory. I believe it was 63 that Kennedy was shot. And the author at the end of the book shows that that year was also the year that God was formally taken out of school. 
which means then God was formally taken out of the public sphere, the public institutions. And if you look at any chart of how the U.S. is doing on a moral level and just on the level of success in general, everything skyrockets downward beginning in that year. We were rising until that year. In other words, marriages were doing okay, not bad. I mean, yeah, there was a divorce rate slowly growing. 1963, suddenly successful marriages plummeted until this day. The line just keeps going down. Test scores for students, 1963, they plummet. Uh, Different types of diseases, including mostly venereal diseases, plummets, 1963. Drug use. 63 goes down uh violent crime gun crimes murders 63 everything goes crazy and the list goes on and on and on abortions etc everything falls apart when the u.s officially removes its blessing because we've pushed god out some of these things have been overturned like the football coach that prayed and how the supreme court ruled that it was okay for him to pray in that public place We're technically now allowed to pray in the public sphere again, although so many people still aren't doing it because they're still scared because of former laws. We're actually allowed to talk about politics from the pulpit now, but uh, so many people, including our bishops, are still afraid and still forbidding priests to do that because of fear, because we give more power to the secular authorities that want to remove God than we do to God himself and the power, the influence, the honor that he deserves. So as we celebrate 9-11, as we commemorate what happened in our country that day, and as we pray for the souls of those who were lost, and we pray for the families that they left behind, let us remember once again to put God at the center of everything, to give God the power that he deserves, to once again be God's right hand in this world, and to live on the Sabbath from this day until the end, when we are gathered together in an eternal Sabbath in his heavenly kingdom. Have a great day. God bless you.